It rests on 13 acres of earth over the very center of hell. Here is the first motion picture to offer to the daring a look into the final maddening space between life and death. The last house on the left. To avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a movie. Only a movie. Only a movie. Sights and sounds far beyond anything you've tested. The last house on the left. To avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a movie. Only a movie. Take as much as you can. What's up, everybody? Nez back. ESP, 31 Days of Horror. Uh, you heard him a couple episodes ago, and he's back again. We got uh, Brian from The Horror Returns. What's up, brother? What's up? Back once again. Yep. No, no. A few more times, everyone. So get used to his voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, man. Again, everyone, um, I'm just going to be bringing on people, uh, whoever I can. I uh, got uh, one. Uh, Got another interview lined up, so there will be no movie that episode. But uh, we'll we'll see, we'll see. But we got plenty of days uh, in October. Tonight we are gonna talk. If you guys remember uh, the last episode that Brian was on, we talked about uh, doing this film. Did we mention it, or did we mention it off the air? You know what? I don't even know. It might have been on. It might have been off. <laughs> All right. Well, if if we did, we did. If we're if we're not, uh, this is what we're going to be talking about: the 1972 Wes Craven classic, "The Last House on the Left." Um, this was a film. If you guys re- remember, I think I've talked about this on uh, either one of my shows or somebody else's podcast. I was not a fan of this film. Uh, it was it was one of the films that was hyped up to me so much. So when I finally sat down and watched, I actually watched it during the uh, VHS days because uh, I'm sure my mom wouldn't have took me in. Well, I would have been a year old when this came out. So, but I watched it, and it, it was the uh, the rated R version because I kept hearing all this stuff like, "Oh man, there's this part and this part," and it was bi- it was built up to me like a few bunch of other movies and so i was like i was already i already knew who Wes craven was because of nightmare on elm street but i was mm-hmm. like all right cool so i finally sat down i got a copy of it uh watched it and i was like ah, i don't don't see what everyone was talking about it but what was your uh first time watching this film um, my first time actually watching this film was uh, a couple years ago. This is only uh, this recent rewatch is my only my second time, and I wasn't a fan of it the first time. And I'm sorry to say, horror fans don't kill me, but I am not a fan of this movie 
<laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, this past uh, or earlier uh, this year in May, we we're down in a Dallas Fort Worth area for Texas Frightmare, and Arrow Video goes there every year. They're one of the sponsors, and um, it was kind of uh, well for me, for my taste, it wasn't that good of a selection as it was the year before because I left that place with a ton of films. And uh, this one, I was kind of looking around. I think I only got like two two movies uh, this time. I picked up the uh, box set, The Last House on the Left. Uh, came mm. with it's uh, three discs. It's got the the theatrical, uh, the uncut version, and I think the other one's just special features. I haven't sat down and checked any of that out, but it also comes with a uh, uh, nice little booklet. Um, it looks like plenty to read in there. I haven't sat down and picked that went through that it also came with a poster and uh lobby cards for for those of you old timers that remember and for you new school guys that don't know what lobby cards are back in the day i think i've talked about this on some other show back in the day uh under the the posters either out in the front of the theater or inside in the lobby there used to be little scenes uh from the films and uh it, it was cool man i wasn't expecting that when i opened i, I just opened this up uh, the other night when I watched this and it came with lobby cars. I was like, Oh cool, man. I ain't seen these in forever. So I thought that was a cool, it was a cool little pack. So, but, uh, Brian, you did mention, I remember when we were down there, so I thought you didn't like this movie. <laughs> so I was like, Oh yeah, but, <laughs> um, I'm a completist. I had the, the remake. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I mean, it wasn't very much. And I was like, yeah. plus I wanted to, to get something. I didn't want to just leave with, Nothing. A lot of the other titles they already had. So I was like, ah, all right, I'll take this and let me give it another watch. So uh, on this watch, I think I enjoyed it a little more. I'm like much older than I was when I first seen this. I think this was probably like maybe the third time I've seen this film. Uh, other than the very first time where I sat there and watched it all three, all the way through. The second time, I think I was at my friend's house and. He loves this movie, and I was kind of just, we were just sitting there BSing while the movie was going. I wasn't really paying attention, but um, I, it's probably hard to clean up um, the, the actual film uh, when, they, when they transferred all over to Blu-ray because it looked kind of uh, hazy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, do you know what I'm talking about? Because it didn't look like, you take like the old, old uh, black and white films, and it, it looks amazing, but this one just... It didn't look very good, but I mean, it, it's still clear and, and you can hear it all. But it did, the picture just didn't. It kind of had a little graininess to it. But yeah, I, I watched the HD version, and like you could see like a little hair running down the screen or yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the yeah the 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 imperfections were definitely on notice with with the high definition. So yeah. So I was kind of like yeah. Again, I was like. Yeah, the first time I was like, uh, it was so hyped up to me. Um, so I was just kind of like, eh, okay. I mean, you can tell, totally tell it's early 70s, uh, probably 71 when they made it. And it was just like, uh, well, let me just tell you what it's about. For those of you that don't know what this is about, uh, it was rated R, uh, came out August 30th, 1972. It's a horror thriller. All right. Um, hour and 24 minutes. It's not, it's not that long. For some reason, I thought it was like two hours, but because I was like dreading it. Like I was kind of tired and I was like, how long is this? <laughs> it actually flew by pretty quick, but 
Uh, two teenage girls head to a rock concert for one's birthday while trying to score marijuana in the city. They are kidnapped and brutalized by a gang of psychotic convicts. Uh, like I said, it was directed and written by Wes Craven. And the producer was uh, Sean S. Cunningham. And I know who that is. It's the guy that, that brought me Friday the 13th, the original one. And uh, this stars uh, David Hess. A lot, a lot of you horror buffs really know who he is. He was, was it Krug? Is that how you say his name? Krug. Krug. Krug, all right. And then there was Fred J. Lincoln. He was Fred Weasel Potawatsky. I think that's his name. Then uh, Jeremiah or Jeremy. Jer- I can't remember. Something Rain. Uh, she was Sandy. And Mark Sch- uh, Schaefer was Junior Stillo. That was uh, Krug's son. And then uh, Sandra Peabody was Mary Collinwood. And Lucy Grantham was Phyllis Stone. Um, and we also had a young uh, John Kreese, Martin Cove himself. He just, just titled his deputy. <laughs> uh, this, this film, like I said, I, I enjoyed it this time. I'm um, like way older than I was uh, the, the last, the first two times I'd seen this. And um, it is, it's just total 70s and it, it gets a little um, slapsticky when the, when the sheriff and the deputy come into play. And I mean, it was what it was. I mean, like like I said, I did enjoy it, and I I don't when I when I bought it, I was kind of like, oh, did I just waste my money? And um, when it, when it was all said and done over this last watch, I was like, all right, okay, I guess it was a, a good find. I mean, it it is a classic, and I know a lot of people do like this film, so I was like, yeah, all right. But um, you didn't. Was it just the same way for you? You just didn't like it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you brought up the whole slapstick. I thought the whole movie, if I went into it thinking this was a comedy, I mean, with the exception of, of course, the rape and the, the murder and stuff, this this movie is I, right down to the, how the characters were were acting in this to the even the music was kind of I don't know what was going on. Honestly, it was it was just kind of a jumbled mess to me. Um at times, I think the best part of this was was um, Krug, because I, I think David Hess he just he just com- really plays that kind of character correctly, and very menacing and very you know intimidating. But like, then you got someone like his son. His son was just a man cracking me up throughout this, especially the whole scene where he's you know, trying to, uh, Mary's trying to convince him to help her. And he's just like, no, I can't do it. And she was like, I'll be your friend. I'll call you. I could call you Willow. And he was like, oh, for real? My name could be Willow. And it it was weird. It was just weird how everything played out. Yeah, it was. I I totally get you with the slapsticky. I mean, the music, I mean, I love the music, but it just didn't fit the scenes. Um, uh, really quick, I'll just I'll just give you the of what happened. Yeah, like I said in the synopsis, these two girls are just yeah they want to go party and and go to this concert. Uh, they're in the streets of New York, walking along the way. They're like, hey man, let's um, let's uh, try to score some weed or pot or grass or whatever they called it. Yeah, that 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 shows you the time because I think they kept <laughs> referring to it as grass. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but earlier in the film, the um, Krug just got broken out of jail. Uh, I think. Uh, weasel as well 
So they're just basically kind of hiding out. They hear their the newscasts on all oh, these da- dangerous uh, criminals wanted for murder. They escaped and this and that. But it was weird. Like they didn't care. They were just walking around, going to the store, and just living like life was normal. Maybe the the law was different back in the seventy early seventies. Because <laughs> I was I was like okay, but um yeah so. The girls are like they see Weasel. He's a uh, he, he's a heroin addict, so he's kind of like uh, just not really feeling uh, I think up to it at that time. Plus, he kind of got into it with his dad, uh, which is David Hess Krug. So he's like kind of hanging outside, and these girls come walking by. Hey, let's ask him. Hey, do you got any grass? And he goes, Oh yeah, man, I got some top notch or whatever. Uh, come up to my apartment, and so they go up there, and basically he just brought them up there because i don't know what was going on with um uh weasel and uh krug and uh that chick because it seemed like they just they just shared her i, I don't i don't know what was happening there because it was it was real weird yeah because <laughs> yeah i don't know because there's there's a scene with uh junior and sadie in the bathtub and he's sitting there bringing her beer, and I I kind of got the impression they they might have had something going on also. Yeah, I was like, um, maybe it was just different times in the seventies, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, and just these early films like this, I mean, the, the it's actual film; it's none of it's digital. So uh, I did love the the grittiness of it on how it looks. Yeah. Um, but. I know New York has changed from the 70s up to now because uh, before I actually went to New York, I mean, all I, my New York to me was just movies on uh, gangster films and Friday the 13th and what have you of the, just the dirtiness of, of New York. And then when I get there, it's all it's all I'm sure there's dirty parts of New York, but it was like it wasn't like the movies. But. Uh, watching documentaries like they're saying back then in these times like New York was really bad the crime was just out of control and everything so um, I was like okay they wherever they filmed they said they filmed it in uh, I think some of it was in New York and some of it was in Connecticut so yeah it, it did just look dirty and grimy wherever they were so so those girls get pulled into their into the room and basically like yeah we're not gonna let you go and um, so they're like, ah, all right. So they kind of throw them in the trunk. And uh, where were they going? Did did they say? I don't think so. it didn't even seem like they had a plan. They just kind of threw them in the trunk and then took off very crazily too. the way they just was driving. I'm like, you guys are supposed to be on, you know, on the run hiding and you were just driving reckless. And then the next scene is a uh, is a uh, Krug banging Sadie in the back seat. Yeah, she, and it just has like the oddest music playing too the whole time. That was it. That was, yeah, I mean, going back to the music, that's what I when I was watching this, I was like, there's scenes in this where they're trying to make it all. It's supposed to be like bad and dreadful, but that like the happiest music is is playing <laughs> in the background. Like I I don't know who was in charge of of scoring this, but I was kind of like, well, what's happening? Yeah, it was weird though because he was just sitting there with his head back, and she was just like. Hopping up and down. I mean, I, I don't know, man. Weird times in the early seventies. So, uh, but uh, yeah, dude, it, it was crazy. And 
So I, I assume they were just trying to get out of the city because that's where all the cops were looking for them. So maybe they went upstate New York and were just driving out in the woods. So they get there. Uh, they actually um, did uh, the the main the main girl um, Mary. So she must have just went to the city to pick up Phyllis, and then uh, they were supposed to go to the show. Uh, because yeah. uh, the the Collingwoods, uh, Mary and her parents, uh, what were their names? Um, Estelle and Dr. John uh, Collingwood. They lived, I guess, out in the woods somewhere or in the countryside. So uh, while the while the, the Krug and his gang uh, have the girls locked up in the trunk, their car breaks down. But they kind of, we didn't realize, or they, they don't realize where they're at, but when uh, Sadie gets out of the trunk, she sees that she's basically right in front of her house. Uh, like her house is kind of up the road a little way, but she sees the mailbox and everything because it's got Mary's name on there. So they're like, all right, whatever. So they just take them out into the woods, and this is when the, the, the rape scene happens in this film. For some mm-hmm. for some reason, I was thinking it was like really graphic and and long. I must just be get, I get this film confused with um. Uh, I spit on your grave because that, oh yeah that that rape scene went on and on and on. But yeah, th- this one's still uncomfortable. I mean, um, not just the actual rape, but you know he has um what is her name Phyllis? He has her like piss her pants. And then he has them, uh, Mary and Phyllis, like they, they actually have to have sex with each other while everybody watches. You know, it, this this part to me was probably the most uncomfortable of the movie. Yeah, because my son was still awake and I was kind of like, really? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's about to be 15, but I, uh, I don't want him seeing this type of stuff. I'm sure it sees <laughs> way worse with him and his friends, but just. I got to be that. I got to get in parent mode when yeah. uh, things are on the screen. So, but yeah, that was weird. From I watched some of the little special features with Wes Craven. He said that um, uh, what was her name? Uh, Phyllis uh, Lucy Grant Grantham. She actually peed herself. Wow. There was no little tubes and all that. She just really did it and. They were like, all right, I guess it, it called for it. And not, uh, the budget wasn't, uh, what, 80000 is, is mm-hmm. what they uh, spent. And they boxed off as uh, $3.1 million. Well, so that's total uh, big, big, good, big, ugh, big bucks for them, especially in that time. So, yeah, that scene, it, it was all weird and like just like it was just. This film was just nothing but dread, but the music was just just crazy. And I, I don't know. I'm sure this is all the the, the coke and uh, grass days for everybody on the set. So, but yeah, that scene when they make him, hey, just take off your clothes and and then pee yourself, and now start making out and all this, and mm-hmm. it was just it was just weird. Um, I think watching it now, this last time, it was just. Oh man, well, like almost to it isn't really that bad. I mean, it is bad what's happening on the screen, but it's like this isn't like, especially nowadays with films, you see way worse. Um, so I was kind of like, yeah, but I felt like dirty, uh, watching this thing. So 
I mean, I'll give it to all these actors that that can do this type of stuff. But yeah, like um, David Hess, he just looks like he acts that way. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say he looks like he does this for real. Yeah, all of them. I mean, even uh, Weasel and, and um, Sadie, as well as Junior. Man, he he. I the, the creepiest part with dealing with Junior was when he was in the bathroom uh, with her when she was when Sadie was in the tub when he was trying to be a frog or something. Oh, like, that was so weird. I was like, whoa. All right. I mean, yeah, Wes Craven was much younger when he wrote this, but I was like, whoa, what? what was the, there was a lot of stuff in this. Like, what was the point of uh, a <laughs> lot of this? I mean, especially dealing with the sheriff and the deputy. It was just like Keystone Cops comedy type of stuff. And I was like, oh, all right, whatever. <laughs> so, but... So yeah, they basically they, when they have those girls out there, um, uh, Phyllis kind of runs off, and uh, or did they? No, they did. They did after they killed her. I mean, this was this was the scene that I think that was built up. Uh, this scene and something at the end was built up to me the most, because mm. when uh, Phyllis and they and they catch her. And this is when they just start stabbing her. I mean, I thought I mean, for seventies man, these effects were pretty good. I mean, I, I like yeah. the blood uh, was not like Italian blood where it's super duper red. It was like okay, mm-hmm. it was cool. But from what I when I was first told about this scene of like, yeah, man, they just start pulling the guts out of this girl and throwing them everywhere. That's what I was expecting, and yeah, yeah, you see some of her innards come out, but it wasn't like um, all over the place. I mean, people were just building this up to me uh, so much. And then I was kind of disappointed uh, when when I finally seen it. But, I mean, it was a cool scene. And it was weird. Like, why why did uh, Sadie just stab her and just slice her open and then just start pulling out her guts? And, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, they're psychotic and they're nuts. But then I was thinking, why are these criminals just letting the blood get all over them and and then they don't even try to throw away their, their bloody rags it's like they just wrapped them up and packed them up in their bags <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> so they end up just leaving her uh she was in a graveyard and they just end up just leaving her there but then they go back but then this is when uh mary is uh telling junior come on come on and just let me go but he was kind of hurting so I, I don't think he was at the very uh, thinking straight because he, he wanted his fix and now uh, from what from what they said in the film his dad uh krug was the one that got him hooked on heroin so uh, you have yeah to control him yeah way way to go dad so, <laughs> but this this is the the rape scene i mean it's 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 bad first of all but it actually isn't um they really don't show much so i mean other than the yeah, other tear her clothes off and everything you see what they're doing but uh it's, it's not as bad as i spit on your grave or the rape scene in the remake which uh we'll get to that because uh we are yeah. gonna, we are going to cover the remake <laughs> as well so yeah so it, it was it was kind of brutal uh with this and then uh after they're done it seems like they just all right what well, now what are we going to do because they were just hanging yeah out. it was so awkward 
because I don't know what the scene was after because it kind of seemed like everybody kind of felt bad about what was going on. That's I don't know. That's just the way everybody's faces looked as she just kind of slowly got up and pulled her underwear back on and just slowly walked off. And then they just slowly followed her, which I think this scene when she gets shot was very convincing because of just the way her body moved when when she got shot. It it looked like she actually got hit by something. Yeah, I mean, it was at first I was like, whoa. Like, what did she do? Is she just going to just drown herself? And I mean, I'll give it to um, Sandra Peabody. She that water was all dirty and what was floating around in there. And she just walked or other than if if her character in the film was just she just got raped and she's not in in the best uh, mindset. And she just walked in the water. I think I thought she was just going to walk out there and drown herself because she just didn't want to live with after after what happened but yeah once they once they shot her and she just uh just sunk <laughs> basically yeah i mean like right right after like you said right after after the, the the rape scene it seemed like they were like man what did we just do and oh man well now what i mean yeah it was just a lot of like it seemed like okay somebody must have just said cut and they were all just sitting there and they just kept filming <laughs> but um yeah so their their car broke down and then the the, the cops uh they end up kind of drive they actually uh uh mary's parents called the the sheriffs and they're putting out a missing persons report and they're like okay well when uh we'll just hopefully we'll find her because i don't even think it was 24 hours yet at that point when the cops were there so yeah um when the cops leave, they see they see their car because they, they had a broken down uh, convertible, looked like a big Cadillac. Uh, and they just saw it sitting on the road. They're like, "Oh, what's that?" Ah, nothing. So they drove off. So those two end up going back to the sheriff's department, and it seemed like every time they were on the screen, that slapsticky music was playing on in the background. Yeah, because they just made them out to be the most bumbling group of guys ever. Like they they were probably the worst cops ever in a movie. Yeah, because I was like, "Hey, uh, all right, whatever." So they're sitting in the in the sheriff's department and they're listening to the radio and uh, the news people describe uh, what kind of car they're in, and then they kind of look at each other like, "Oh my God, that's the car that was in front of the the Collinwood's house." So they end up racing back uh, out there, which they said was like an hour away. It seemed. And uh, this part was funny because they're they're as they're hauling ass down the road, their 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 uh, squad car breaks down, and uh, <laughs> I've never done this. I mean, I I've picked up hitchhikers, but like maybe once or twice. But they, it always just seems to be in these type of films, especially dealing with police, because I know I know a lot of people just don't don't care for them. But it, it, this part just made me laugh. That whole car load of just hippie stoners. I don't know what they were, but. <laughs> They they kind of slow down. They see the the sheriff and his deputy running along the side of the road, and they go, "All right, let's go." They got a ride, and as they get closer, like "fuck you," and giving them the finger, <laughs> then they tear off. And then uh, Ada, I think that was her name, uh, Ada Washington. It was the actress, and she she used her real name, Ada. She uh, pulls up in a uh, truck. Oh, this this was stupid and slapsticky. Um, 
uh, deputy, uh, John Kreese, Martin Cove, he kind of puts his ear to the ground and goes, I hear something coming. It's, it's a truck. And yeah. There's chickens. And I was kind of like, and then here comes a truck <laughs> with chickens. And then this, this part, I mean, I love this part because it was funny. Ada was just, I mean, that's probably just how she really is. And they were like, hey, we need a ride. She's like, oh, there's only room, room on the roof because the whole back of her truck is full of chickens. And it looked like she had some um, uh, cages inside uh, of the cab. So they they just climb up on top of the roof of, of her car. And I'm like, all right. I mean, I guess you got to throw some comedy in. But it was just the comedy they threw in it dealing with the cops just didn't fit this film. No. Not for it to be like a rape revenge uh, horror thriller. Just the the comedy and then the music was just really throwing me off right down to the end that we're about to get to. Yeah, so they end up, uh, they, they actually didn't show up until much later. So they, they're driving down the road. Um, so after they shoot uh, Mary and after they just disemboweled uh, Phyllis, they kind of like, well, we we need to go somewhere. We we need to get out of the street. So they end up walking back to uh, the Collingwood's house, unknowing that that was uh, Mary's house. And uh, yeah. in they, in suits too. Don't forget that. Oh yeah, that's right. They they yeah. they clean themselves up. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> sl- slick their hair back. They had suits and ties. And um, Sadie actually looked better cleaned up. She has yeah. wild, out of control. Uh, perm afro or something. I don't know what was happening there, but when she cleaned herself up, she actually looked better than that. But yeah, Krug really just slicked back his hair and, and threw on the suit. So I mean, they were just trying to look not like d- dirty sleaze balls, murderers, uh, all bloody. <laughs> so they go, they go to the house and they're like, yeah, our car broke down and we're just, uh, trying to get to where we're going. And none of the, uh, Auto shops are open, so there's all the th- these people were just really trusting to like, yeah, you guys, we don't know you, but you can stay at our house. I'm like, I wouldn't even let strangers in my house if I'm living way out in the middle of nowhere. But I don't know. What yeah, do I think it was more so the the doctor. He seemed more trusting than because the wife kind of you know kept looking at everybody like you know this is something's not right here, but he was just so, you know, we got to take you in. Of course, you know, stay the night, which, you know, if it was me, no, not even answering the door. Oh yeah. I would have just kept quiet. I mean, when people come knock on my door, when I could see someone coming to either one of my doors and I just turn the TV down and sit there (laughs) (laughs) until they're gone. So, um, this is where this is where my mind goes blank. How did they figure out uh, who they were? I mean, because they just like, yeah, come in the house and then you guys can uh, sleep in this room. How did her her parents figure out uh, what happened to um, Mary? Um, I think this is where the junior is having his heroin withdrawals in the bathroom. And Mary's mother comes in to see if he's all right. And she sees that he has Mary's. Um, peace symbol necklace oh okay and for some strange reason her and the husband just take off running outside and conveniently find mary oh that's right they find her uh on the it didn't look like a river it looked like a 
pond or something. They find her. Yeah, it, it didn't take too long for them to find her either. Yeah, so they find her, and they this and this she's dead. So they they realize that all right, these these people uh, killed uh, our our daughter. So uh, they like everyone Krug and all their gang are all just pretty much asleep, and then. Uh, this is when they they spring into action. I mean, this this was weird. I mean, I was just waiting for like some A team music to to kick in when they were getting ready. All right, I mean, <laughs> got the gun, loading it up, and she's doing this and doing that. Like they're just getting ready for battle. Uh, and I was kind of like, okay. I mean, other than the doctor, I'm sure he knows ways to to kill if he has to. But it was like the wife just like all right, I need to get into battle mode and uh, take out these criminals. So it, it was just weird. I mean, pretty much this was like the actual last maybe 15 minutes of the film because I, I, I kept checking the time like, damn, this is almost over. So I, I don't, I just watched this. I don't even remember who was the first one that got it. Was it, um, was Weasel, wasn't it? Yeah, she, it was Weasel, and then I, I don't, I don't remember exactly how he died. She, uh, the the wife, um, Mrs. Collingwood, she lit, um, uh, was talking. That's to That's right. She got him to go outside. He was like, "Yeah, my husband just doesn't uh, do me anymore, and uh, I need it." And they, she was kind of seducing him down by the by the pond. Yeah, doesn't she bite his dick off or something? Yeah, that that was pretty ruthless. <laughs> I mean, that okay. This was another scene that was built up to me. Like, yeah, man, she bites his dick off and then just throws it, and I'm, oh, like, whoa, what? And they're showing this on the movies, and then it's you see, you know what she does because she ah, and then she jerks her head back. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, okay, but I was expecting him to, like, um. The last movie we that reviewed uh, VHS when the the suck succubus chick the I like you girl just tore that dude's <laughs> off and threw it on the ground. I was expecting something like that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was it was a pretty ruthless scene. And this is another thing that I caught. Um, I don't know how it feels like uh, or how to to bite somebody's uh, unit off. But um, I'm pretty sure the blood would squirt uh, all over you. <laughs> she, yeah. She had, like, no blood on her. But it, it's a movie. I didn't make it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so she he pretty much just goes down right then. I mean, he just either bled out, well, in shock, passed out, and then I'm sure she just left him there and he bled out. So I think... Um, I think no uh the the husband went in there and um uh the doctor guy he went into the room and uh he, he took did he take the gun uh I don't remember I know he had a shotgun because I think oh that's right he had a gun but this was another thing that I thought was weird or stupid um while he was trying to be all quiet they obviously have wood floors and he's got mm-hmm. like shoes with heels on because you can just hear the clack clack of him walking, trying to be all quiet. And I'm like, come on, I have to take your shoes off or something. But I didn't make the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention uh, all the booby traps he set up. 
with like the, the, the shaving cream on the floor and the, the little trip wires and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, yeah, that was, that was slapstickiness with the sh- shaving cream. <laughs> I did like him, uh, getting that, uh, that, 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 that wire and plugging it into the wall and wetting down the rug and just sticking mm-hmm. the little electrical cord in it. <laughs> I thought that was, he did a Kevin McAllister and was uh, setting up booby traps all over the house. Yeah, straight home alone his house. <laughs> <laughs> and they did it like really quietly with for all the stuff that they did in this house. Um, I think uh, uh, Sadie got it, but before uh, Krug because um, did did the doctor kill her or was it uh, the wife? Are you, uh, I think it was the wife. She does something to she does something to Sadie, and then Sadie eventually like falls in the in the swimming pool. Because I think uh, yeah, Sadie was trying to run from her, and then she she slits her throat. Yeah, that's right. And then she falls into the into the swimming pool, bled out and drowned. So back in the house, uh, the doctor is fighting with Krug, and uh, Junior is there, but Junior is just. I think he's just feeling sad of that he's a part of all this, and mm-hmm. uh, this is this this part was kind of messed up because Krug's like basically telling him, "Son, ah, oh, you're nobody, and you're weak, and this and that. Why don't you just?" Uh, uh, Junior had the gun. He goes, "Why don't you just put that gun in your mouth?" And uh, yeah, I mean that's what he did. He just, I guess, he just couldn't take it anymore. He just stuck the gun in his mouth and blew the back of his brains out. So. This yeah, like, that's why I think that's why I think he uh, Krug is like the the best part of this movie because he's just despicable and, and ruthless and how he has like control over these people and it's crazy. Yeah, it seemed like his whole gang was scared of him. Um, yeah, he he's a big guy and, and it's a lady and some little old skinny guy that was hanging out with him and little drugged out son that they couldn't do much, but. Uh, I was. It was cool, man. I really like this fight because uh, uh, they're, they're really throwing each other around. Um, the the doctor did get off a shot. And it looked like it got Krug in the arm with just some buckshot, but uh, nothing to to stop him because they were fighting around. And uh, yeah, Krug came running out, slipped in the in the shaving cream, and they stepped on this, which I thought was hilarious when he stepped on the um uh the rug the wet rug with the the extension cord or whatever sticking it goes and he's ah <laughs> it, it was just more comical just just like home alone <laughs> when all that was going on but this this part was kind of stupid i thought because um the the doctor runs downstairs and next you know he's he's got a chainsaw and all this time the cops are, <laughs> are the cops are still trying to get to the house the doctor comes Walking up, to st- you hear the chainsaw start up, and then he comes slowly walking around and starts coming up the stairs. Man, <sighs> crew could have just went, shoo, either shut the door or ran out of the house or something. But no, he sticks around there, and uh, they get kind of get into it, and then he falls down. And then uh, I wish they would have showed it, but they didn't. As the doctor's starting to stick the the chainsaw blade into him the the sheriff and the deputy come running in and then i don't know how much blood shot everywhere but it shot all over the the sheriff and then yeah boom movie's over it just ended there was like no 
know, like, uh, are you guys okay, man? Oh, how are we going to fix up? Our-? And nothing. It just, boom. It was like, so, yep, it's over. It's like they just ran out of a film. All right, boom. And then the credits start rolling. And then, uh, ran out of budget. Yeah, the, the sad, uh, <laughs> music uh that that you heard it at the beginning of the episode that was one of the songs that they kept playing the, and the road leads to nowhere i'm like <laughs> okay <laughs> but yeah i mean the, the music choices they had in this it was either just slapsticky or just i think the, um the the part that i loved when it, um, it wasn't really music it was more of a sound uh is when they were stabbing um phyllis uh every time she got stabbed. It made this ant, and they went every time they kept stabbing her. I, I really love that scene. I, the the sound effects they added to this, but I mean th- this film for what it is, it is uh, an exploitation film uh, of the seventies, and um, it it is a classic for Wes Craven and uh, Shinus Cunningham. But yeah, man, this. If you watch the trailer or if you heard the trailer at the beginning of this episode, they made it seem like this is like the most brutal movie uh, you'll ever see in your life. Maybe back in 72 it was because um, oh, uh, the, the poster makes it seem like that. I'm reading it right now. It, uh, it says at the bottom to avoid feigning, keep repeating. It's only a movie. And then at the top of it, it says um, it rests on 13 acres of earth over the very center of hell. So I'm like, all right. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, <laughs> whoever was in charge of the poster and, and making the trailer. Yeah, they did their job because they made you think like, oh, my God, what am I about to watch? And then you watch it and you're like, eh. <laughs> so, but man, I, for the 70, early 70s, man, I'll give it to all these guys, especially in these are the days where they really uh, hyped up everything. I mean, they do that now as well, but you got the internet and, and all that. So, but the other thing on the poster says, Mary 17 is dying. Even for her, even for her, the worst is yet to come. She lived in the last house on the left. <laughs> when I read that title for the first time thinking like, okay, I know this is a horror film. Like what's, what's going on in this house? Why is the the title just seems so sinister, but it's it, it didn't really. The only thing just because uh, just everything happened in the house at the end, but it wasn't like they made it seem like the house was evil. And uh, yeah, I really is that even Mary on the poster? That looks like Phyllis. That's Phyllis. That ain't Mary. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, right. and they didn't. I don't know. Maybe this was just a, a production shot because I don't remember her leaning against no tree. So they just laid her flat nah. on the ground and gutted her. So uh, I, what I really loved in, in the trailer was uh, that what you said to avoid fading. Keep repeating. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. And I was, uh, I mean, okay, it is what it is, everyone. I mean, I, I can appreciate that, but uh yeah, I did. Like I said, I did enjoy it uh, a little more this time, but it's just total slapsticky, man. But it, it, was this Wes Craven's first film? Uh, I'm not sure. It might have been. Looking it up right now. Yep, first film. All right. Well, I guess you got to start somewhere. <laughs> so, but. 
I mean, yeah, like like I said, this this is um, a true classic. Um, you guys know me how, how I said this isn't a horror film. Yes, it's horrific, <laughs> but I to me it's just more of a of a thriller. But uh, I don't know. What do you think? Would you consider it a horror film or? Um, I, I agree with you. There is things that are horrific in here, but this is more of a, a thriller. Yeah, like a really graphic thriller yeah. for for seventy two. So, but uh, yeah, I think the David Hess. I think my favorite film that he was in also worked with uh, Wes Craven again was a uh, Swamp Thing. Uh, I like. Oh yeah, he was uh he was the asshole mean guy in that one as well. He was uh, I think it was Ferret. I think that was his name. That came out in eighty two. Jeez, ten years later. Um, but yeah, man, he, he did pass away, uh, a while back or back in uh, 2011. Uh, I remember, uh, hearing that. I mean, and I, I guess he did some of the music with, uh, another guy, I, which was, uh, you look at him and you don't see, you just see him as this, this crude asshole, but I guess he's a, he was a musician cause I, didn't realize he did any of that until um i was actually looking up that song that road to nowhere song and had his name attached to it i was like what and i did some more uh researching he uh he did he did some of the music him and some other guy um steven chapin and david hess they did uh the film soundtrack so okay cool but it's interesting yeah i guess they must have been on good drugs to throw in some of the the wackiness of the music. Yeah, maybe they just wanted to show Krug had a softer side. Yeah, <laughs> he's not just the the rapist dude you guys see uh, on the screen. But yeah, everyone, that is a uh, last house on the left uh, from Wes Craven, nineteen seventy two. Uh, producer Sean S. Cunningham, and uh, yes, like I said, I did kind of enjoy this a little bit more, but it is. I don't think this is something I can watch like every uh, October. It's I think well, the only main reason I was watching it is because we were going to talk about it. But um, <laughs> again, every there is there there is a huge fan base for this film, and um, I love Wes Craven. Uh, rest in peace. But uh, this just wasn't one of his to me, in my opinion, wasn't one of, one of his best. So, and uh, even that last movie, that last movie he did. Um, how was that one called? Uh, my soul, soul to keep, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that one. Oh, that yeah, that was trash. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't like that one at all. I mean, but he left us with a lot of great films. I mean, like I said, my favorite was probably a Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved the first Scream. Uh, People Under the Stairs was awesome. I, I ain't seen. I've just recently watched Scream, but I haven't seen people under the stairs in a while. Um, it still it still holds up. Yeah, um, I I do like uh, the Hills Have Eyes, um, the the old school one that came out in the '77. Um, it is what it is. I, I I picked that up. I think that first year I went to um, uh, Texas Frightmare. I believe that was his third film that, that he had he had directed, but. I mean, it this this film, yeah. I mean, it, it is. It's got 
its place in horror history, uh, as well as a lot of the other things that he has done. Yeah, I think Soul to Take was uh, his last one. Oh, shit, he did Red Eye. Did you see that one? Uh, yeah, I've seen that one. With, uh, was that Sandman? Um, not Sandman. Uh, Scarecrow. Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he he was in that. Um, I think that that the, that the Scarecrow guy, the first movie I'd seen him in was that um, Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, Cillian Murphy. Yeah, that dude. And uh, what's her name from? Uh, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Um, the hell was her name in Mean Girls? She was the main Mean Girl. Uh, you watch that film? <laughs> Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, uh, Regina George. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was uh, Wes Craven's Last House on the Left. Um, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but it's out there. So, um, yeah. Or <laughs> if you want to get a cool uh, Blu-ray pack, uh, pick up the, uh, the Arrow Video one. Um, that's that's the thing about these old films. I mean, it's usually a battle between Arrow and Scream Factory with uh, all these. Yeah. Things. So I don't I don't know how the whole movie rights thing works out, but okay. Um, I'm sure there is a a, a single disc uh, version of this on Blu-ray. I know there was a few uh, on DVD, but uh, yeah, check it out, everyone. If you haven't seen this, yeah, we spoiled the whole thing, but. Yeah, it's still worth the watch if you want to if you want to see some of the the stuff that we're talking about on how the actual film looks and the the kookiness of it and uh, yeah, but that was last house on the left. But hey, Brian, man, thanks for uh, coming on with this one. Um, oh, no problem, man. We will be back. Uh, maybe tomorrow, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you guys will, will know tomorrow and we will be when Brian's on again we'll be back with uh, the 2009 remake of The Last House on the Left alright everybody see you tomorrow <laughs>